This is Mackenzie Milton. This is Steve Levy from ESPN. And you're listening to One Night Stand. And you're listening to One Night Stand. One Night Stand. Hey, c'est condition ça qui t'est passé. Just One Night Stand. Avant toute bagaille t'est commencé. One Night Stand. Pas pensé que c'est ton style. This is One Night Stand. Presented by First Watch, the official breakfast and lunch sponsor of One Night Stand. What up, Night Nation? It's Sunday, July 4th. The last month without any football. We're almost there. We have a special show today talking about all of the fallout of the new NCAA name, image, and likeness rules. It took effect July 1st. We go over you know, all the crazy news that's happened since then. And we also have a very special guest, UCF quarterback Dylan Gabriel. We talked to him about his new dedicated to greatness brand and also a bunch of football talk as well. As always, we answer all of your questions on Moo's Mailbag. Speaking of, I'm here with... Money Moo UCF is the place to call home for our newest 2022 recruits as Gus's bus of staff is blazing a trail through the recruiting ranks. NIL kicks off with DG's own brand. McKinney Milton gives a token of appreciation to and UCF Problems becomes a shareholder. All right. You know, like I said before, it's been a crazy couple days since this name image likeness took effect. Uh, pretty much as expected, you know, kind of crazy stories all over the spectrum. UCF, you know, obviously Dylan is kind of the main guy. He launched his brand. He got a deal with Rock'em Socks. Just a bunch of crazy stuff. A uh, women's basketball player got signed to Barstool. Um, but I don't know. What were your immediate thoughts when all this happened? I think for the player, for the uh, athletes, you know, that they should be able to at least, you know, get paid directly by the university or, or by someone. It's, it's more of them going out and being like their own entrepreneurs, which I'm totally fine with. And, I'm really glad that this was able to happen. You knew that there was going to be a lot of, especially at the beginning, a lot of kind of off-the-wall stuff, uh, people trying to get really creative, figuring out different ways to not necessarily bend the rules, but to make the most out of the situation. And I think we're seeing that already. Yeah, I mean, definitely. You know, we talked about this before. Um, You know, there's been so many stories where, like, you know, some five-star blue-chip prospect, uh, you know, goes to, I think it was Michigan, the one I'm talking about, but I mean, I know it's happened a bunch, and, you know, their parents get hired in, like, some dumb advisor role at the same time with, like, a 75k salary. Um, so, I, loopholes with all this stuff have been going on a long time. I think it just, it levels the playing field for schools that do it right, like us here at UCF, and, it, you know, it gives all these kids opportunities to openly make money. You know, if you're a regular college kid and you have a bunch of Instagram followers, you can take advantage of that. And, you know, you're, you can be an influencer unless you're an athlete until now. And like, there's a bunch of, especially girls, uh, that are, you know, college athletes that have a ton of Instagram followers. This, this one LSU, uh, gymnast had over a million and like, you're set for life if you have a million Instagram followers with like sponsorships and stuff. And, 
you know, it's only going to go up from there. And it's dumb that these people couldn't capitalize on it till now. So I think it's really cool they're getting to do that. Um, I also think, you know, too, it's a way for the more popular athletes who don't necessarily have a shot at, you know, being a cell starter or NBA starter. I mean, we've said this before, like the chances, especially in the NBA, chances of like being an NBA starter, like, I don't know, slim to none. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure like a star recruit. So I kind of see it as like, you know, other sport athletes being able to cash in. And uh, I don't know, my, my take on it, though, is I really hope that, you know, the the upper echelon athletes for us and across the country, you know, don't really focus as much on on this rather than making themselves better. For instance, like if a football player was spending too much time on, you know, his business and his brand, making a few thousand dollars, you know, up to maybe $50,000 when he could have just spent time training a little bit more, got drafted a little higher and that could be worth, you know, a couple mil. Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. But then at the same time, that person was probably bound to fizzle out of the league anyway if they, like, did train harder but were easily distracted with opportunities. As soon as they get to the league, they're going to have all those opportunities plus a bunch more. So it kind of just, right. I don't know, weeds them out faster. All right, so the NCAA rules, they they didn't announce this till like, the day before. But when they did, they were pretty much like, okay, uh, yeah, we can't, you know, do compliance on this so it's up to the schools to do it so the the only rules really are like no alcohol no gambling and like no adult entertainment or something like that um even though barstool is a gambling company which i don't know it's it's like the wild west but uh byu had some funny rules like because they're not even allowed to drink soda at that school uh so they said no coffee partners too i don't know weird but UCF kind of got out ahead of it with the launch program, which they announced that like six months ago. And it seems like they kind of already had a system set in place for players to kind of have a marketplace um, to uh, talk to potential sponsors. And, you know, obviously that's a huge market that just opened up as far as like agencies and stuff. And, you know, like I said, Barstool opened one. And then there's that company, Dreamfield. I don't know if they existed before or if they were something else and are just bigger now, but it seems like a ton of athletes are Dreamfield athletes now. Uh, former director of player personnel for UCF, Smitty, Stephen Smith, is working for Dreamfield now. And then if you see in like a bunch of the players' bios, it says, contact Smitty 30 for 30. That's his you know, Instagram handle for business inquiries. So we're going to see a lot of changes. Um it's definitely awesome. It'll be interesting to see. I feel like at first it's, you know, it's like everything else. It's a big overreaction. And then, you know, in the years coming, it'll probably just be, you know, pretty much the main athletes that have the most Instagram followers is what I'm thinking, because that's like a good reflection of your value as a brand these days. Uh, what do you think? No, I'm totally with you there. Uh, marketing yourself has become you know, pretty much the main focus for 
these younger athletes. It never used to be like this before social media. It was all about the the play on the field. But now, like you've said before, you know, the, the younger or the farther we go in this generation of social media, the kids like keep coming more diva <laughs> diva-esque. Yeah. Like, hey, here's my top 50 schools i'm gonna narrow it down to top 40 watch me do it on instagram live like Dude, so annoying nobody cares nobody cares but uh i would be the same I'll way tell you what they do <laughs> i tell you what they do care about is putting that damn space uniform on yeah because everyone that puts that space uniform on uh is getting hundreds of likes and yeah it's great Looks great on anybody. Yeah, definitely. I want to do a photo shoot with that. Uh, yeah. Speaking of photo shoot, just took some pictures with uh, Dylan Gabriel. I think you guys have probably seen some of the content now. And, uh, you know, we do talk to him later. But he's obviously the most notable person by far at UCF to land any deals. He's got, you know, DG the brand, obviously. And, um, you know, we'll talk about that later. But. He's really, really got it set up. You know, I know one of the main things I saw UCF fans complaining about or like, I don't know. Yeah, I guess complaining about, especially on that stupid Facebook group was, you know, how is is this going to be a distraction or how's he going to focus on football, whatever. And we asked him that. And uh, obviously he has other people helping him, which is good. Like he didn't just throw this together last minute. He's been working on it since last November. So I think he's doing it the right way and doesn't sound like it's going to be a distraction at all. And then on Friday, he announced a partnership with Rock'em Socks. It was owned by two former UCF dropouts, actually, but good for them. Uh, they're actually they're expanding and opening a new headquarters by Millennia. It's uh, I saw the plans for it. It's really, really, really cool. So we'll have to go check that out. And... He also got a deal with a uh, shoelace company that was uh, founded by UCF grads. What were some other notable UCF sponsorship deals that that you saw? I, I know everything hasn't kind of shaken out, but I, I did see a few. I saw Daring Green sponsored by Legend Shoe Store, um, which is near UCF. That's alumni owned as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, it's definitely it's right. It's on Alafea. I don't know if it's alumni owned or just like friends of the school, but they're always posting like UCF stuff. So that's an, that's an example of like a really awesome, good fit. It's a basketball player and a local shoe store. Like that's the kind of stuff I like to see. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't mind like, you know, Derek King got like four deals actually. One was like a moving company. One was, um, a bar, uh, what's it called? Wharf in Miami, some car group, like, yeah, like I don't blame the kid for cashing in, but those are also like, I don't know, kind of dumb. Like, don't fit. Like, the the shoe thing with the basketball player fits. The moving company, it's not. They don't really go together. Like, yeah. props to him for cashing in, but it's cool to see ones that actually like make sense. I guess is what I'm saying. I think you need one for your real estate business. A person? Like, is there? A, yeah. Like, if we had an offensive lineman named like, I don't know. Jake Samuel House or something. <laughs> I was gonna say Jake 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 sells. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, um, they could do like a little appearance at the closing. That could be that you know that could be something that makes that could be like the icing yeah. on the cake. Somebody to buy a house. I could um I could hire so that there's some prices that were leaked on like the Dreamfield thing for uh 
appearances per price per hour. Mackenzie Milton was two thousand an hour. Uh, Sam Jackson five hundred an hour. He's a lineman, so I could tell my clients, hey, if you buy this house from me, Samuel Jackson is going to show up at closing, <laughs> and then our and then our offensive lineman shows up, <laughs> or help you move. Oh, there you go. See, all right, that's a better fit than Derek King for movers. Yeah. Like, yeah. how about this? Like a couple, like the whole UCF fat line comes and helps you move. That would be fun. How about this? How about they make their own moving company, and it's like actually kind of them on the side, and then just like a other a bunch of other big dudes, and you know people won't really tell the difference for the most part. And that that dude UCF fat moving, like that's where I think. The money's I think at. you're on to. I think you're on to something. Then, no, there. seriously, that's where the money's at. Is like, yes, you know, these appearances and sponsorships are great, but that's not a long-term source of income. That's why I'm so excited about what Dylan's doing. Is he's starting up a real brand, and it's more than just you know his initials on a T-shirt. And we do talk about that, but that's something that'll last when the spotlight's over. When you're not a college athlete, because like you said, 99.9% of these guys are not going to go pro. It's nothing against any athlete. It's just that's how the numbers work. It'll only be a handful of guys. And you can't do appearances if, you know, you're you're a old offensive lineman, you know, for most schools. The demand's not going to be there. But if you start a company, the demand will always be there, especially if you intertwine the university. Obviously, it couldn't be called... UCF fat moving, but it could be called like Central Florida fat moving or, or something like that. <laughs> All right. So I got, I've already got the commercial. <laughs> like the whole line, the whole line's on a football field, like hitting the sled at the same time. And then you like Photoshop a house like on the sled. So they're like, go to, they're like moving the sled across the field. <laughs> oh, I, I was like, oh, <laughs> UCF fat house demolition or something no i get what you're saying oh yeah no no they're they're literally like moving the house that that's a great idea and you know it's not going to be like a you know multi-billion dollar shark tape business but it'll be a legit local business that you can make money off of and if you run it right it can be your business forever and you know you could do like a, a supplement company or i'm surprised we haven't seen more of this actually i should be like an advisor you know all those like online fitness coaches? There's a million of them. And, uh, yeah. you know, they're all good. I'm sure they know what they're doing. It's not that hard to tell someone to work out. But people do pay for that, for the accountability. Football players should do that. If they're into fitness, I know a lot of them are in, uh, you know, like sports medicine and stuff majors. You can start right now. Even if you're not certified, you can still like help people with workouts and coaching and stuff. That's an awesome source of income. And then once you graduate, you already have – a client list built up if that's something you want to do because there's really, really good money in, in coaching and not just in fitness, really in anything. So definitely a lot of opportunities, you know, to go around. Um, it, I hate the word cash grab, but you know, that's what appearances are. But if you're smart now, you can really take the opportunity to start your business and then have it be something, you know, that a career or, you know, something you can transition to right after football. Whereas, most guys leave, they try and go pro or whatever, and then you you know once that that dream's kind of or once that ship sailed, they just kind of are like, oh, I guess I guess I got to start my life now, and now there's like a transition period straight into that uh, for the people who want to. So 
definitely happy for all the kids. Um, let's go over some of the other notable non-UCF deals. Oh, one UCF one that I saw that I don't really get, but I didn't look into it that much because uh, it was just an Instagram post. CJ Walker and Morgan and Morgan have a deal, which I think he might have been rumored to be leaving or something, but now I guess he's not, and they said something about that on the post. I don't really know. Uh, law firm, always a good sponsor. You know, always good to have that in your back pocket if you ever get in yeah, any trouble. Sure. Uh, Morgan and Morgan for the people. They I actually use them when I got hit by a uh, illegal person and use them to sue my own insurance company. And they got me some money, so it worked out okay. Um, but yeah, non-UCF deals. We talked about Derek King. Um, the big one everyone was talking about Friday, Master P's son signs a $2 million deal with some internet company that like someone spent like two seconds putting together this website and it's called web apps America. And he signed a two year or sorry, a four year, $2 million deal with them. I don't know what that is. So yeah, that was weird. Um, other ones. Th- here's another good idea. So Nebraska players started a podcast that's sponsored by a bar. Um, that's a cool idea. You can just start, you know, as long as you have personality, start cranking out content. You know, that's entertaining. People want that. Like, you, you, you forget before all this, players can do any kind of media. Like, you had to go through the school. It was very regulated. That's why we didn't hear from them pretty much only besides, like, press conferences, you know? And now, like the link between fans and players is, is going to be so, so close. It's going to be awesome. Uh, another one I saw, Arkansas wide receiver and his dog, sponsored by PetSmart. Again, super cool combo. Um, What? All right, so going back to UCF, this is a question some people were talking about. Who do you think is, obviously Dylan's number one by far. He's a quarterback, um, and he's good, has been contender, but – who do you think is the second most marketable football player at UCF? I guess maybe Jalen Robinson. Um, Jay Flash. Also, a lot of like the ba- a lot of the running backs too. I feel like running backs could be divas. Like definitely, have, you, <laughs> you know, mean that in a good way. Yeah, yeah. No, no they have they have personalities. Like they, yeah, yeah. Um, They're not. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, no. I know what you mean. Yeah, they they get more but, attention. You know, yeah. and Johnny Richardson could reach out to Johnny Rockets. I don't know. Maybe oh, he's got to. That's like the <laughs> that's the most perfect one. Um, you know this this thing came to fruition just a little bit too late. Our last few years teams had a ton of like very popular characters and personalities. Otis Anderson, Greg McRae, Richie Grant. Guys like that really would have been able to take advantage of it. Speaking of, Otis Anderson signed with the Rams. Greg McRae signed with a Canadian Football League team. So those guys are now pros. Congratulations. Um, But, yeah, you know, there's definitely a bunch of players on past teams that uh, would have been very marketable. What former players can you think of that would, would have been the most marketable? Any sport. You know, over the last, um, really any time, but probably over the last, like, you know, 10, 15 years, at least since we went to UCF. I guess the most memorable, probably Taco, definitely, for one. Oh, um, dude, he, yeah. <laughs> huge fan favorite. 
Uh, Shaquem Griffin for sure could do like anything. Yeah, again, um, because he was just that well liked. Like, yeah. it's nothing against our current team. One thing is that like we had a, a ton of players graduate that had been in starting roles for a while. So, you know, new personalities will emerge. There just hasn't really been an opportunity for them yet because they were kind of in the shadows of other guys. But yeah, Taco would have been a good one. Um, pretty much endless sponsorship opportunities. What What do you think would be a good fit for him? But uh. Like Taco Bell, obviously, or probably like a local taco place. Maybe? Whatever local Mexican restaurant is good. Like I don't know what which one is up there now. Like jalapenos or habaneros or something. <laughs> I think <laughs> or yeah. great gringos, gringos. Yeah, gringos, taco and gringos. Um, yeah. some other ones that I could think of. Uh, JJ Wharton could have did like anything. I mean, you know, after that catch, that's like a great example. Like, I mean. He obviously he had a, a small stint in the NFL. I know he he hurt his ACL, but at the time, I mean, he really, really could have cashed in on, I don't know, anything like sticky flex seal by JJ Warden yeah. or uh, Blake Bortles could have his own cereal, Frosted Blakes. <laughs> o- Otis, I think we talked about this like two years ago when this first came out. Otis Anderson with like Florida's natural orange juice or any kind of like juice bar, anything like that. All right, let's move on real quick. We got to touch on this. Another huge event. I mean, really, two monumental events that are going to change the layout of college football forever. The NIL laws and the college football playoff expansion, which is huge. Now, you know, Gus was already killing it recruiting, but now he can legitimately say that you have a chance to compete for a national championship because really, for the first time ever, we probably have one of the easiest paths to the playoff. Although it doesn't – I don't think it takes effect until 2023 season. So not this year, not next year, but the one after that. Um, it's still something awesome to look forward to. And I go back to when UCF released that we had a, you know, a, a one-away game versus Michigan. I remember it was like 2013 or 14, and you told me we were going to take a trip there. I was like, oh, it's so far away. And then, you know, next thing you know, it's 2016 and we're heading up to Ann Arbor. So definitely something awesome to look forward to. And uh, I mean, really more than the name image likeness, this is really, really going to change college football. Uh, what are your what were your kind of immediate reactions to this news? Kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, so I thought it, it fine. I knew this was going to happen eventually. I just didn't really think it was going to happen this quick. So of course. the top six highest-ranked conference champions um, will get an auto bid, and then there will be six at-large schools. So I, you got to think that one, maybe two to three um, so-called group of five schools, which we're, we're going to officially drop that. Term, um, the term won't exist in 2023 the, t- the term will not exist it's like it's like the term think- bcs we're not, people used to say oh you're in a bcs conference you're not in a bcs conference that became the power five which is going to become really nothing i don't know what you're in a conference <laughs> yeah so anyway they most of that will go away but I mean, there's a great shot at two to three of those teams making it into the playoffs and Honestly, that's all we were asking for. 
was a shot. We weren't asking for a handout or a freebie. All we were asking for was a shot, and we will get that um, legitimately. We got that and some. We wanted a shot. Like we would have been happy with a an eight team playoff where, like, one group of five undefeated champion was guaranteed a bid and nothing else. Like the whole playing field has been flipped. We go from never being able to make the playoff that now, if you think about it, we have the easiest path. I'm not knocking our conference, but we're not one of the best conferences. I think we're like top four or five, but all we have to do is win our conference and have like one loss and we will make the playoff every single year. And you can't say that like as an SEC team, that's a lot harder to do than it is being UCF. I mean, obviously, you know, you got to play the games on the field, but it's probably a lot easier for us to do that than it is for any random, you know, Mississippi State or Vanderbilt or Texas A&M, even though the SEC will probably end up with like four playoff teams every year. Um, we finally have a path to the playoff, a plausible path, a probable path, one might say. And uh, yeah, super, super exciting. But enough of that. All right. Move on to the next thing. Move on. All right. Uh, you want to talk to Dylan? Sure. All right. Coming up next, uh, we've got an interview with Dylan Gabriel. He just launched his own streetwear brand dedicated to greatness. And we really go in depth with him and talk about why this is more than just his initials on a jersey, his plans for it, how he plans on managing the business during, you know, what some are saying is a possible Heisman contending season. Really cool to talk to him, so let's get to that. All right, guys, we're now joined with a very special guest. It's our fearless leader, UCF starting quarterback, uh, single-game record holder for passing yards, quarterback Dylan Gabriel. As you may have seen, he's launched his own brand dedicated to greatness. Dylan, how you doing? I'm doing well, Sean. Thank you again for having me on this show. And, and Money Move, thank you so much. Awesome. So let's uh, get right to it. Tell us about the dedicated to greatness brand. Uh, how did you come up with the idea? So just, you know, starting out, I remember it was in November during the bye week. And, you know, I'm sitting on the couch and the talk started to go around about name, image, and likeness. And. You know, it, it was just a thought at first, but, you know, as, as things started to get real, um, we ended up creating a logo, um, end up creating merch. And then, you know, as, as time continued on, we, uh, we got here and it, it's been, it's been a, a process, but it's something I'm super grateful for and, and uh, I can't wait to share with the world. So that's awesome. Um, so tell us about the brand. Kind of what's your purpose here? Why did you decide to do this instead of, I mean, you could really do anything at this point with, mm -hmm. the, with the NIL rules. The biggest, the biggest thing is I'm, I'm a sucker for streetwear. I love clothing. Um, you know, I always like to alter clothing, whether it's, you know, cutting some, some uh, track uh, pants into, you know, some shorts. Um, I'm, I'm just, a, I'm, I'm in love with it. And it's something that I'm super passionate about. Um, I'm so grateful that, you know, we're able to kind of just merge these two worlds of, of, you know, business with football. It's something, 
you know, that will be prevalent if, you know, people do get to go to the next level. And um, this is, you know, just preparing us for, for what's to come. So. Right. So when you say streetwear, what exactly does that mean, especially for like kind of our older listeners? So, you know, I would like to say a lot of it just, you know, new and in things, um, trendy clothing. That's something, you know, we're into, you know, something like our, our first edition basketball jersey. You know, we got uh, some dad hats coming out. Um, of course, some, you know, beanies and then also some accessories that extend your, your clothing wear and, and have a, another thing to, to put on. So we're, we're trying to, you know, hit a bunch of different avenues and um, it's, it's, it's a fun thing we got going on. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. And for anyone who hasn't seen, go check them out on Instagram. It's at DG the brand uh, right now and you can see kind of a sample of what they're going to release. Um, so what, what is your kind of long-term goals for, for this brand? So the biggest thing is, you know, I've been, you know, super passionate about clothing, but also, you know, giving back to the community. Um, just a quick little story of going, you know, back to my high school days is I remember, you know, I'd, I'd go to practice and there, there'd be kids with new shoes you know, and there'd be some kids that, you know, had some shoes that they're wearing for four years now and, you know, had some holes in them, even their socks and, you know, just the clothing wear in general, you know, you just played with what you had. And, you know, when I, when, when going to this public school, I, you know, I always thought of, you know, being able to give back and that's what we're going to do. So, you know, long-term we are partnering with, you know, Haggerty High School here in Orlando, uh, Mililani High School in Hawaii, which was my um, high school. And then Moanlo High School in Hawaii as well. We're gonna, you know, partner with them and you know get them some workout shirts, some workout shorts, uh, long sleeve shirt, you know, just a bunch of things that you know they can be, you know, really excited about. But also, um, you know, get to wear clothing all that's the same at at their practices. And you know, down the road, we really, you know, see uh, uh, an ability to go, you know, get cleats and get uniforms. That's something, you know, I really want to do and we're setting it up. So, you know, down, down the road, we will be able to do this. So that's awesome. And it sounds like, you know, kind of the target demographic for your brand is the, the demographic you're going to be giving back to as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's an awesome idea. You know, so proud to call you a, a fellow UCF Knight with, with everything, you know, the fact that you've had this plan for so long and, mm-hmm. you know, you're really doing it the right way. Um, you know, it's something special. Um, you're definitely an entrepreneur as well as a, uh, as a great quarterback. Uh, last question about the brand. How do you plan on running both the business and football? I'm sure, uh, you know, this has been probably more work than you expected, as is any kind of business venture. How are you going to do that and still stay focused on, you know, the number one thing, which is football? This, this was definitely the number one question. And I, I'm so grateful you asked is because, you know, I want to first and foremost say football is my passion and the thing that I love the most, right? And I want to use my platform in a, in a you know, just a positive way and um, having my brother by my side and having, you know, the DG The Brand team by my side, they control all of this. And I, you know, I am, you know, the voice, however, they're they're the hero and they've been able to, you know, get a lot of things done for me so that I can play the sport I love and focus on, you know, football. So it's, it's, it's just a, it's a blessing and I'm grateful that I have these guys and, you know, luckily on the business side, I, I don't have too much worry. So 
That's that's awesome. Glad to hear that. And uh, obviously very excited for this season coming up. So let's switch to football and uh, talk a little bit about UCF and, and your story of how you got here. Um, what was the first time you kind of heard of UCF back in Hawaii? So starting out, I remember the catch at Temple, right? And I wasn't, uh, I guess, too educated on UCF at the time, but I knew that catch, and I was like, I was like, dang, that's a, you know, obviously a great catch. Um, yeah, they won an ESPY and, for it. <laughs> exactly. And then um, as well, you know, when Kenzie, uh, McKenzie was, you know, committed and ended up coming here, I mean, I would watch every single game and, you know, obviously was a big supporter. So that was definitely the first time I heard uh, of UCF. And then, so how did you, um, you know, go from watching, obviously watching McKenzie and UCF and everything that happened, you know, the Peach Bowl and all that. How did you end up getting recruited? Uh, who recruited you and, and how did you end up uh, picking UCF? So Coach Jeff Levy, um, he, he recruited me when, when he was at UCF. Um, he he uh, didn't, you know, right away, I remember coming on my visit uh, to the Navy game in 2018. Didn't get the offer, but, you know, ended up coming on an official visit. And uh, as that happened, um, the next week, you know, Georgia and USC had offered me. And then UCF had, uh, you know, finally pulled the trigger. But, um, yeah, I just it, – it was a definitely stressful process. But, you know, I'm, I'm glad – you know, I, I know I made the right choice, and I'm, I'm glad to be at UCF tonight, so – well, we're especially excited that you made uh, that decision, Dylan. So coming up for next year, uh, a ton of excitement around new coach Gus Malzahn. How different uh, do you think your style of play is going to look compared to the last couple of seasons? I would say it's, it's, it's going to be you know, a bit different. Um, however, it's, it's something that's really exciting in the sense of you know, we're still going to be you know, up tempo. We're still, you know, going to score a lot of points, and and of course we got a lot of weapons that uh, ended up coming in. So when when you you know jumble that all together, there's definitely going to be some you know some firepower and some excitement. And I think the biggest difference is I think our run game will be just you know on an elite level with with the the type of running backs we have. You know, in the past we did have a lot smaller and you know quick. Um, backs, but now I think with with the size and the speed and the athleticism, it'll it'll just change and and be a different dynamic. So that's awesome, man! I, I can't wait to see this new offense uh, at, at Boise State coming up here in just uh, just a few months on that Thursday night opener on ESPN. Um, going back, I guess to you know when you first got to UCF, um, you know it was a crazy few seasons. You kind of came in. I mean, I don't know if the depth chart was set, but you obviously had some seniority ahead of you. Tell us about that summer leading up to the fall season. I think that was, you know, a super pivotal moment in in my in my life and my career. You know, that was one thing, you know, coming in early in January, you know, just in life I had to transition, uh, make new friends, adjust to the college lifestyle, and then, of course, the big one, you know, adjusting to, you know, college football. Um, and handling all this, you know, I, I felt like I handled it pretty well. And, um, you know, going into that summer after that spring, I learned so much about myself, um, you know, inside and outside of football. And, um, once I got to that summer, I knew what I needed to do. I attacked every day because, 
I knew that, you know, kickoff was coming real soon and I, I needed to win that job. So, How did it work going into that first game that you played in? Did you know you were even going to play? Did you get reps in practice? And I guess what was that feeling like when you finally knew that you were going to get in? Um, You know, starting out, uh, you know, Coach, I remember Coach Hype uh, announced that, uh, you know, Brandon uh, Wimbush was going to be the starter. And then in, you know, I think the third or fourth drive, I would get in and play as well. You know, I was obviously excited, you know, for my first season. But that forever, you know, left a chip on my shoulder, you know, knowing that, you know, everything is earned, you know, nothing is given. And I had to, you know, work for the position I wanted to do so I can, you know, be able to lead this team, you know, to a victory. And um, every time I look back, I'm so grateful for it. And I know that, you know, it, it made me who I am today. So, yeah, definitely. So we, we went from that game. And then I think the next game was Stanford, right? Your first start? My first start was against FAU, but okay. that, that, That's right. that Stanford game was definitely the, you know, that part, that coming out party. So. What was that like? Were you were you nervous at all? I mean, that, that was a huge game. Uh, we don't get, you know, big, uh, mm-hmm. not Power 5 anymore, but big, you know, major conference opponents coming in here to the bounce house. Were you nervous at all, or what was that like? I think, you know, coming out that, that first, you know, I guess that first big game, you know, coming out of the, the tunnel, I was, I was definitely had some butterflies. Um, definitely knew it was a big game, right? And um, I, I had a so much feelings that I, I don't know what I was truly feeling. And um, all I knew is, you know, once I got out there, um, this is a feeling I forever want to feel, and I, I continue to crave that, and continue, you know, to push to to get myself prepared so I could play, you know on every Friday night. So um, that that game uh, for sure continued to give me that head rush and something I always wanted, you know, for for years to come. So Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, me as a fan, obviously I'm super passionate, but th- there's no better feeling than, you know, when you just drop a, a perfect dime. I always remember that touchdown to <laughs> Gabe Davis that was right yep. in front of me where my season tickets are. That was an insane feeling. That's why I love going to the games and being so involved. So I can't imagine actually mm-hmm. being a part of the play in your shoes. Uh, that That's incredible just to, to hear you talk mm-hmm. about that. What's your maybe favorite uh, away game or away environment road game? Honestly, I don't have a, a top favorite, but I love the, you know, the non-conference games, uh, away games. I think they're, they're unique. You only get to get them, you know, maybe once in, you know, get to play them once in your career um, in college. And I think they're just, they're fun. Um, I think that's, you know, you always look for that certain matchup and, you know, you just, for some reason, you always get excited for them. So I'd say, you know, just those away games at, you know, obviously uh, non-conference games, those definitely, you know, excite me. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, like going to Georgia Tech, you know when you're going there, you're never going to play in that stadium again. Obviously, those non-conference stadiums and programs have so much more history. So, uh, again, as a fan, that's why we usually go, you know, like Louisville this this year is kind of the big away game trip for a lot of people that, that only go to one. And uh, I can definitely relate as a fan, so it, it makes sense that you kind of feel the same. Um <laughs> as a player what's your maybe favorite game if you had to pick one over you know your last couple of years at UCF I would say you know obviously that first you know that that 
first coming out party for me. That Stanford game was definitely, you know, an exciting game and a game I'll never forget. I think um, the Georgia Tech game, that was a really fun game, you know, just with all the things that were going on with COVID and, you know, just that we were able to play that season. You know, I was I was grateful for that game. And then there's there's a favorite game that I that I have. And that's that conference championship game I haven't played in yet. So that's that's one I've been, you know, craving for and working for and that's that's the game I want to be playing in. So I love that answer, man. I'm fired up and then, you know, hopefully if all goes right we'll uh we'll be back in, in uh Phoenix or Glendale or whatever for the Fiesta Bowl, you know. Yes, if we, sir. If yes, we have sir. a great season, we'll get that major, major bowl game under under your belt. So that's definitely exciting. Um yes, sir. Let's talk about Gus. I think I kind of skipped over him. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we had a kind of weird period where we had no coach. Um, you kind of stepped up, you know, in, mm-hmm. in the leadership role when really there was no one else to look to for the team. But when Gus came in, what was your first impression of him? And uh, I guess for people that haven't followed along, uh, what can we expect from him, you know, for this season going forward? You know, first impression, I was a bit, you know, just overwhelmed and, you know, the uncertainty, right? It, uh, it, it definitely, you know, can, I guess, get people to start thinking. And I, I, you know, just wanted to approach him and, and have a conversation with him. And when he first came in, he was, he was more than I expected in, in such a positive way. Um, and after going through a spring with him, you know, everything we talked about, you know, came into fruition and, and he's, he's a man of his word. So I can respect him, you know, just as a man for that, but also as a coach, you know, he, he pushes me to be my best every single day and, and he expects it. And, and that's something I'm super grateful for. Um, but looking forward, man, he's, he's, he's a player's coach. He's someone you want to play for. He's someone that, you know, I admire as a man because of the fact of, you know, just the way he treats his wife, the way he treats people around the building. It's, it's, it's someone I look up to and he, he's a role model for a lot of, you know, our teammates. So I know recruitment has been a major, major hot button for him. And it seems like he's been firing on all cylinders. Um, you talked about earlier how you started really getting involved with UCF and watching Mackenzie Milton play. Mm-hmm. What, what is your involvement in recruitment now that you're here at UCF and to kind of like continue the Hawaii to UCF pipeline? You know, that's something I, I'm super passionate about. And first off, I love this university. And, and second, I love, you know, the people I've been able to, you know, meet here. It's, it's, it's just, like I said, even just us, you know, being able to connect, you know, the, the UCF, you know, fans with, with the players, that's something, you know, we're, we're all a part of this atmosphere and we're all in this together. So, you know, when it comes to Hawaii boys, I, I want, you know, to be able to showcase that and show you guys and connect two different parts of the world. And this beautiful, beautiful game of football has been able to let us connect through that. And, you know, me being from Hawaii, Titus, obviously the receiver on our team, um, Hercule Latu um, on the defense, defensive side, uh, Lokahi Paole um, on the O-line, and then um, another boy, Ryan Kaneshiro, you know, at, at tight end. So, Having all these Hawaii boys, you know, I hope we can, you know, 
help instill that culture of, you know, that family atmosphere. And um, I, I want to continue this in any way I can. And obviously having a Hawaii boy would, would you know, mean a lot. So, Yeah, definitely. I mean, the UCF to Hawaii uh, connection has been very well documented. And, uh, you know, even for, for people that don't remember, uh, we got that four-star uh, receiver. You got him to – well, not you, but UCF got him to – to commit, and I'd like to think you had something to do with it. I remember yes, maybe you, you hinted something on social media that that had people kind of stirred up. So that's that's definitely awesome, and uh, I totally you know totally love that uh, y- you know you always go back to your roots, and uh, <laughs> you know hopefully we can continue that long after you're here because uh, it's been awesome. Sure. All right, let's wrap this up. Uh, awesome interview. Thank you again for coming on. Um, for DG the brand, what should we look out for uh, coming up with, you know, the rules being lifted July 1st and how can, how can we purchase some stuff? So, you know, first off, July 4th will be the, you know, the first drop independently independent, something I'm, I'm really excited about. That will be an online, you know, on our, on our website, uh, dgthebrand.com. However, you know, also, you know, just for the UCF fans, you know, we're going to be doing a pop-up shop on September 2nd uh, at Burger U. So, you know, if I would ask, you know, please come support as well as on July 4th. We'd, we'd love, you know, for you guys to support and be, and be a part of it. So thank you guys. Awesome. And, uh, you know, be sure to follow at DG the brand on Instagram and Twitter. And, uh, you know, stay tuned for this first drop on July 4th. Moo, you got anything else? No, I just wanted to thank Dylan Gabriel for coming on to the podcast today. Really appreciate everything you've done for the university and for the football team. And um, excited to see what you got coming um, with the brand and where it goes from here. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. You know, this is this is a blessing to just be able to connect, you know, the two worlds. And, you know, I'm super grateful for you all. And I can't wait, you know, for what's to come, you know, in this upcoming season. Yeah, me too. Uh, so, you know, July 4th and September 2nd, two, two dates circled on my calendar. Um, thanks so much again, and go Knights. Charge on. And we're back. That was awesome of Dylan to sit down with us and uh, take some time out of his day to, uh, you know, not only promote his brand, but talk to us about UCF football and kind of where we're at right now and, and Gus and I couldn't be more excited for this upcoming season. I mean, I've said it a million times. I think I say it's coming in every season, but it really, really stands true right now. This season is going to be awesome, and I think Gus is here to stay for a long time. Not going to lie, I was a little bit more starstruck with this interview than I even was with Steve Levy uh, from ESPN. Uh, Not sure why. I don't know. know. I'm a huge Dylan fan. Um, but I was very impressed with how he carried himself, you know, throughout the interview. Oh, he me- said my name, <laughs> which was nice. <laughs> Wait, so did he say Moo or Paul? Moo. All right, cool. No, she that's said Bunny awesome. Moo, we're family, bro. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I know. Um, no, definitely cool. Obviously, I, I got to talk to him in person, but I still get nervous for every interview. I get nervous for every podcast. I'm just, you know, kind of an antsy guy. All right. Next up, Moo's Mailbag, where we answer every single question you guys ask on Twitter. All right, Moo, let's start it off. All right, the first question comes from K. 
Cast City J. What up? How massively has your life changed since you became a shareholder, Sean? I mean, honestly, it's changed a lot, and I'm. <laughs> it's not hyperbole. I mean, one, the benefits are super cool. You know, like we had a Zoom meeting with uh, Terry Mohadra the other day, and he, you know, he kind of gave us some. I wouldn't say inside info, but like we heard it from him first about. Just, you know, the state of UCF athletics, replacing the turf in the, you know, indoor practice facility, the stadium naming rights. I got to actually ask him a question about the NIL rules. It's super cool. And not only that, I think you've mentioned this before, but like I used to just talk the talk and now I kind of walk the walk. And uh, I think I get a little more credibility now that I'm giving money back to the school that, you know, has done so much for me and that, you know, I've obviously supported since day one. Uh, but it, it feels great to be in a position. Uh, I'm super, super grateful to uh, to be able to give back to my school. Thanks for the question, Cass. Next question is from all it's four L's all night. You can only pick one home and away game this season. Where are you going? All right, so this is a difficult one for me because this season is going to be a little different uh, from Money Moo here. And um, I think I'm ready to tell you guys that I'm going to be a father. What? <laughs> no, I already and, knew, uh, <laughs> it's whole- Yeah, so breaking news, it was planned. It's not an accident. <laughs> but uh, Both are good. Yeah, so... I have a baby girl. My wife ha- or my wife has a baby girl due November 16th. So, of course, right in the middle of football season. So it will be a little bit different of a season for me. I do plan on going to the Boise State game with you, Sean. So that is the one home game that I will pick to go to. Not going to be able to go to any away games, unfortunately, this year. Who cares? You're having a kid. That's I am. That's you know football. That life is changing as we know it here for the Moo, and um, I'm just glad that I'm able to experience this. And that, oh man, just all the things that like I went through as a kid, and like even all the way through UCF. Like I just want to give all of that to to my daughter as well. So we have a future UCF night coming into our family. So we couldn't be more proud and excited. I'm sure you as well, Uncle <laughs> Uncle Sean. I'm being uh, uncle. Dude, I'm so happy for you, man. This is, I mean, obviously you told me before the show, but it's just an overwhelming feeling. Um, it's so many emotions coming together at the same time, and it's like kind of a realization that we're all kind of grown up, but I, I couldn't be more happy for you. And I mean, I know you, you and Lily are just going to be the best parents ever, and uh this kid's gonna be lucky, and I can't wait to, uh, you know, to be to be a part of her life. Wow, I can't. I didn't know you were gonna uh, break that. You ca- sappy, I know. Bro. Do you caught you caught me off guard? I didn't. <laughs> Jeez, I didn't know you were gonna talk about it on the show. Well, I had to say it eventually. Hey. Yeah. Well, did she post it on Facebook yet? Uh, probably this weekend. Well, you realize that like someone's gonna listen and tell her. Sure. So, is that okay? I mean. <laughs> Uh, depends on when we post it. When this show gets posted, I don't know. Sometimes you do take a little bit long to to edit. So we'll see. 
<laughs> all right, we'll talk about this later. Anyway, back to the question. Yeah, the right. home game I would go to is Boise State. I will be there 100%. And the away game that I would love to go to is Cincinnati. I've never been to Cincinnati. Just the atmosphere that I've heard and seen on TV is something that you can't really replicate. So I, I'd really love to go to that Cincinnati game. So maybe in two years. That's a tough question. So I'm going to three games, I believe, this year. Starting off with Louisville on a Friday night, but I'm only staying for that night. Heading back Saturday. Then next up, actually, I don't know. No, next up is uh, Cincinnati. I'm spearheading the events for that weekend. Should be fun. And also, if you saw my tweet I got, because I bought tickets through Cincy at one point, they let me know that there's a theme for every game, and... Besides homecoming, blackout, uh, senior night, a bunch of other themes. <laughs> For the UCF week, it just says the UCF game. So that's the theme. Since he's a cool city, though, and, uh, you know, potential top 15, 20 max matchup, if all goes well. So that'll be a good one. And then I'm going to go to SMU, too. Dallas is a really cool city. There's a Cowboys game. Got to see my boy Tristan Hill. That Sunday, so... If I had to pick one, though, it's going to be Louisville, and that's honestly just because it's the closest one. And home game, Boise State, because, you know, Moo's last home game before birthing of the child. And, you know, it's like the the uh, the old school versus new school. You know, Boise State won the, uh, the Fiesta Bowl way back in the day and kind of, some may say, paved the path for UCF to do the same thing in, in 2017. And, you know, it's tough to say what event or what thing. It's usually a multitude of things that contribute to anything really happening. But if it wasn't for Boise State, I don't think G5 schools would have got as much attention in the years leading up to UCF going to the Peach Bowl. That's all I'll say. It, it, it might have ended up being the same, but they definitely didn't hurt us. So that would be my answer. All right, next up, Moo. This next question is from... MD Knight, 2016. If the 12-team playoff starts in 2023, how many appearances does UCF need to have by 2030? Eight. That's only seven years. No, it's not. Well, it might be eight. 23, 24, You think we're going to get in every year? I mean, think about it. Cincinnati, Cincinnati, I think, is here to stay. Luke Fickle, I think, is 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 there to stay, too. So, you know, I give them credit. They built a brand not as big as us, but they, um, name, they they've na- definitely built something there. Name one notable alumni from Cincinnati that's not named Travis Kelsey or that basketball player. I don't even know that basketball player. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Kenny Martin. <laughs> oh. I would not have said that. All right, anyway. No, the only reason I said eight was just because that was obviously the number of years. But the question was, how many do we need to have, not want to have? I mean, honestly, I think a 500, like a 50-50 playoff appearance record, I think is is good. But I think under Gus, I mean, we're going to see at least 75%, so six out of eight. I just, I mean, look how well we've done under... I don't know, mediocre-ish leadership. I love Frost, nothing against Frost. But, 
you know, we've, we've talked about this before. Malzahn is a CEO and he knows what it takes to run a national championship program. And that's what we're doing here. So I think we can, you know, we can do six out of eight. I don't know. All right. Next question. Jesse Wolf, one of our favorite guests on the show. Do we land five-star recruits this season? Moo, what do you think? So I'm going to go with no. The only reason why is because, you know, I look at I look at the recruiting database in like ESPN's, you know, their top 300. Five stars are very few and far between. So typically on a year, you will get anywhere between 10 to 15, maybe um, five star recruits for the entire season. Out of all um, like 120 teams, there's only 10 or 15. Right. So as far as landing a five star, you know, see, most teams don't. It's the Ohio States, the Alabamas, the Clemsons of the world that end up getting two or three each per year. Um, but, you know, that that really hasn't been UCF's thing in the past. It's, it's really been getting three, mostly three-star, a uh, couple four-stars, and then using the coaching and, you know, the the atmosphere of the bounce house to really, like, coach these guys up and finding those diamonds in the rough. We de- um, we develop our players better than any school. There was some article out there, and I can't remember. It was a couple years ago, but they did like a uh, like a statistical analysis of like how many star recruits, like the average ranking of recruits, and then compared that to how many NFL guys. And it was us in Bama with like how many NFL guys we pumped out based off of how many were expected for having that many players of, you know, an average star rating. So we were up there with Alabama and expected, like, the most schools that had NFL talent come from them. And, I mean, if you look, you know, I think um, James Reed, you know, JLR, the the gift meister, uh, posted a screenshot the other day. He was watching the 2012 Beefo Brady's Bowl, and all four of our DBs, on the little graphic in the beginning of the game, ended up playing in the NFL. It was uh, Josh Robinson, A.J. Boye, Kamal Ishmael, and Clayton Gaithers. And that's insane. Like we, And only one of those was a four-star, which was Josh Robinson. And all those guys made it to the NFL. And, I mean, 2012 UCF, What's the best thing we did then? We had one bowl game. So it's just crazy to think, you know, how much talent we've pumped out. And now you look, I mean, there are built by UCF guys on a majority of NFL rosters right now. And we've still got, you know, Shaquem Griffin unsigned. But I think it's like 24 players on 17 rosters, something like that, which is, uh, it's just crazy. Never been more proud to be UCF Knight. All right, this next question is from Andrew Franklin. How many wins will UCF football have at the end of the regular season? And if they were to lose a game, which one would it be? Hmm, well, how many regular season games? 12? 13, conference championship. Eh. All right, so wait, hold on. Peach Bowl, we were 13-0, but we had a canceled game, so we should have been 14-0. 
So I'm going to say 14 and 0 cuz I'm not going to get my hopes up. I don't think we can make the playoff, but who knows. But I'm going to say 14 and 0. But if we were to lose a game, all right, we play Memphis at home, so that's not dangerous. How would you Whoa, huh? What? What do you mean Memphis at home isn't dangerous? We whoop Memphis at home. We lose on the road to Memphis. Yeah, but the tw- the 2018 conference championship, that wasn't a barn burner. Oh, well, that was technically... All right, that wasn't... Yeah, no, you're right, you're right. I think of that as like a bowl game, almost. I don't want to say Cincy, but it's probably Cincy. But honestly, they're due for an ass-whooping. Let's be real. All those games have always been close. Oh, no. College game day. Yeah, I don't know. It'll probably be some dumb game, like SMU or something, where we just kind of, you know, not show up. No, we're not going to not show up. 14-0. Book it. (laughs) (laughs) You know what's funny is that every season that we've done this podcast, which I know this is coming up on the fourth. What? Yeah. This will be coming up on the fourth season, I believe. Yeah. Or is it the third? No. We started after the Peach Bowl. So we had had 18... Hypel, 19, Hypel, 20, COVID slash Hypel. Yeah, wow. So every season we go into this thinking, yeah, and if we go back to the tapes, I can almost guarantee that we say that we're going to go undefeated every year. But the crazy thing is, is that we actually believe that. Yeah, that, it's not and crazy. it is possible. All you got to so, do is score more points than the other team every game. Boom, bing, bango, done. I think we kind of got our uh, our predictions kind of got skewed by winning like 25 games in a row. But if you look at, not including our last bowl game because no one was really trying, our five losses over the last two years or six or whatever it was, we could have won all those games. Like we never got blown out. Besides BYU. So, me thinking, you know, with a slight, possibly major upgrade in coaching, that we win all those games. I don't know. Absolutely. Call me crazy. I, I don't know. You know, that's that's why I I don't fans. think you're crazy. It's possible. Yep. So, anyway, the fourth season, of course, we're going to have our mega kickoff pregame show where we go over the entire season, probably have... Brandon Helwig on to talk. We haven't talked to Squints in a while. We need Squints. I uh, had lunch with him a couple weeks ago, actually. He oh, yeah. Me. Is he down here now? Yeah, he lives down here. And, uh, okay. you know, we should have BD on, too. We need to have BD on. Talk a little Bucks. Absolutely. Talk a little Absolutely. UCF. Yeah, no. You know what else I was thinking? Could we get, like, Desmond Ritter on the show? Uh, I don't think he would come on the show. You give him like 300 bucks. Let us talk shit for (laughs) I'm sure there's a number. We could keep... I don't really care what he has to say. Yeah, I don't know. He's garbage. You could say that to his face. Imagine that. (laughs) Imagine that. All right, let's wrap this up. One last question from Bleed Black and Gold. Will our O-line be able to keep Cincy's defense at bay and buy DG time in the pocket? We seem to have a much bigger backfield. Do you think Gus will keep the ball on the ground mostly during that game, or will he use those guys as a wall to keep pressure off the quarterback? I think this year, and you know, Dylan Dylan said this earlier, is that we're just bigger this year. The O-line is big. The backs are bigger. 
there was a stat the other day I saw that, you know, UCF's returning all of its starters from, from last year on the O-line. A combined yep. hundred and something career starts, which I, was like I saw top that five. Too. Yep. It was either top five or top three in the nation. Yep. I saw and, that too. Um, Matt Lee spearheading the offensive line. I know, you know, obviously had a uh, little bit of a rough start, but if you paid attention, he was one of our best blockers through the rest of the season. And, uh, you know, offensive line's all about cohesiveness, trust, you know, and uh, they're only going to get better with a full off season, you know, together. So I, I, I definitely think that DG's going to have more time. I think the play calling is going to be a huge, huge step up where, you know, we're going to set up some play action and, uh, you know, not just run the same four plays. Not that we did that before, but I think we're going to be good. All right. So just wrapping up, what have you been up to? Selling a bunch of houses, I'm sure. Yeah. uh, Sold three listings within 24 hours last week. Got another house for uh, 800K. Actually going to hit the market. Right after we stop recording, gonna put hey, that, yep, put that up, edit the podcast, post the show with wife's permission. Uh, yeah, been busy, me and the dogs, and uh, down to one eighty five. By the way, pounds, nice, yeah, yeah. So been spent a lot of time in the gym. I don't know if you're if we're still Apple Fitness buddies, but uh, been uh, been hitting the weights. You know, a little, we are. We are. I've been yeah. seeing that. Yeah, a little basketball action. So <laughs> I just got uh, upgraded my health insurance in case I uh, have a little Achilles or something like that. I've heard that's a popular thing in your 30s and 40s. Or not popular, but common. You know, weird injuries. So ready to go. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. So same thing for me. Just been working a lot. Um, yeah, Got to save for the uh, the bright futures or <laughs> Florida prepaid. Yeah. So that was cool. Get, get you know, it. we actually were able to to get together to do an in studio interview with Dylan on the phone. So that was cool. Hit the driving range a little bit, and um, yeah, got to work on that slice. But you look good. Yeah. You're making some solid contact <laughs> for not playing in a couple of years. I don't know why I don't play. I just it takes a lot of time. time, and it's dude, it it's so frustrating. Like when you can't hit the ball. I mean, I quit for right. three years, so I can. First time I mean, I'll, drive, I'll drive around on a golf cart and drink some beers, you know, but Yeah. No, so actually I didn't tell you I golfed uh yesterday. Shot a ninety two. Pretty good. But I had six pars on the back nine and three double bogeys. Well actually two double bogeys and one triple. But uh the back nine was a forty three, which was solid. But the highlight of the round, I chipped one in for well, I wouldn't even say chip, it was like a three quarter stroke sand wedge from about seventy five. On hole number six on the front nine. What? Yeah. Dude, I hit it and I was like, I mean, so normally when you're more than like, I don't know, 40, 50 yards away, you just aim at the pin. Like you're not thinking about the slope of the green. So I hit this one. I'm like, oh, you know, it was a nice sandwich. I hit the sandwich pretty good. Goes up, lands on the green. I'm like, all right, nice shot. And then it like starts rolling toward the pin, which obviously I didn't do on purpose. I just aim at the pin. And starts rolling, rolling, and then just disappears. And and someone up by the green that was like had their ball in a sand trap was like, oh, and I was like, ah, let's go. And uh, that was a par four, and I, I shanked my second shot. So that was actually my third shot for a birdie. But whatever, it plays. So uh, yeah, golf is fun. 
Well, that's awesome, man. Yeah, it was pretty <laughs> pretty cool. I mean, dude, I've never even chipped one in from like two feet off the green on the fringe. So that was uh that was pretty cool. Had a little Tiger Woods fist pump moment and uh yeah, no, golf is fun and uh we, we definitely gotta get out sometime. I got those clubs for you too, so Yeah, absolutely. Anything else? No, man, I think that's it. July fourth, dgthebrand.com. First drop, and obviously, like Dylan said, he's got the pop-up shop for the Boise State game coming up too. But seriously, support your athletes, whatever they do. You know, this is an awesome time, and we're going to look back on this as like a real historic time in all of college football. And uh, it's cool that, you know, I guess we're kind of somewhat a part of it. I also still have a bunch of First Watch gift cards. Can I give them away? All right. Let's give two away. <laughs> all right, how are we gonna do this? Uh, all right. What? Can I always we... like the first person to tweet me something random because that's the true. Those are the true fans. The true fans. All right. First, they listen all the way to the end. First person to tweet Moo, the office gift with the guy spilling the chili. You know what I'm talking Kevin. about, right? Yeah, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> all right, that's the first gift card. Second gift card, guess Moo's birth date. Down to the year. And he's thir- he's thirty two. I feel like I've what? Nope. <laughs> well, I mean that only narrows it down to three hundred and sixty five days. Oh, but a keen listener would be able to take that clue and rope it in with some other references we've made during football season about your birthday and identify the exact mm. date we of have your birth. Me- we have mentioned this. I want to say multiple times. Yeah. I, if I keep talking, I'm just going to say could be it. The so. sa- yeah. Could be the same person. I don't know. First watch. Yep. All right. So that's it. Uh, first person to tweet Moo, the gif I talked about, and then also his birthday tweet, DM. Dogs are going crazy. Thank you guys so much for listening. DGthebrand.com. Follow us on social. If you liked our podcast or you're still listening to it, it means you didn't hate it. Please tell a friend. Uh, you know, we do this for fun, and uh, it, it, it's really a good time. But we, you know, we appreciate everyone spreading the word, and uh, it's also, you know, meeting everyone in person is cool too. But uh, you know, we love you guys, and congrats again, dude! <laughs> Can't believe you're gonna be a kid, man. Uh, I'm so Woo! so freaking happy. I'm, I, I'm not gonna be a kid. I'm having a kid. I'm uh, <laughs> <laughs> not going to edit that out. Uh, congrats on having a kid. That's awesome, man. Yeah, it's great. It's it's definitely special. And um, do you just like go in and out? Like, I I want to know how. Like, you just what wh- what happens when you wake up? You're just like, I'm having a kid, or do you kind of forget about it? <laughs> uh, well, no, it's kind of constantly like in my mind. But again, as I'm like telling more people, it 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 comes all the same feelings come back again. Yeah, and um. You know, I, I'm just thankful to to be in a good spot right now. That that I re- I just want to give her everything, everything, you know, that I had and more, especially in education from the greatest higher learning uh, institution institution in the country. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so she will not, she cannot be a Gator fan or Seminole fan. <laughs> 
and I have some other family that will try to influence her. Your mom, um, stepdad. Yeah. <laughs> so. Hi, Dan. That'll Hi, be great. Dana. Yeah. Don't worry, Night Nation. I, I, I will, I will make another, another night. <laughs> Let's go. All right. Thank you guys for listening. We've rambled too long. Go Knights. Charge on. Domain Nation. Domain Nation.